I'm a your pusher from the Neptunes, and I just wanna let y'all know I'm your pusher. The world is about to feel something that they never felt before. Ghetto to ghetto, the backyard to yard. I sell it with one whip. It's off the hard. I'm the neighborhood pusher. Call me subwoofer, cause I pump bass like that jack on the off. Hello, and welcome to the Natural Music Podcast. I'm Drew Pitt, and with me is Alec Press. Uh, and together we are a portion of Natural Music. Hi there. <laughs> this is Alec. Uh, Francisco isn't able to be with us today. <laughs> He just has exams to study for, so we'll miss him on the podcast today. But um, Nerd. but today we're gonna be talking. Today we're gonna be talking about the best uh, releases of May, like we do every month. Um, next month we'll have, uh, or about in a month we'll have our our top fifty albums of the of the year so far coming out. We'll probably do a podcast for that as well. I think that should be a fun one, or at least so, a couple um, podcasts. <laughs> probably a couple. Yeah, that's a lot to talk about. But yeah, mm-hmm. so. Um, yeah, we can launch into the, yeah, into the so, music. So, uh, I guess we'll sort of intro the best of May. So, in, in my opinion, uh, May was probably one of the best months of music we've had all year. It might, like, overall be the best, at least until June, obviously. We're recording this slightly into June, and we've already had a pretty crazy month so far. Um, but I think that, uh, of the first half of the year... Uh, May and June have definitely kicked things up a notch after a, a pretty, uh, not bad, but definitely a slightly underwhelming uh, first half of the year. So it looks like we're finally kicking into high gear. Would you agree? No, I would definitely agree with that with that sentiment. Um, and especially there's so much, there's so many things just getting announced every day now that from like, I mean, Interpol, Vampire Weekend's been back oh, on no. social media, all these other, just, just some some really big because we haven't had too many releases this year from like big powerhouse bands that we didn't like totally. last year we have arcade fire lcd sound system like grizzly bear like the, the real top absolutely of the, i think and that's the, what uh, we haven't had so much yet yeah I think. I think the highest profile one this year so far has maybe been like mount erie i mean that's pretty hotly yeah. anticipated but it even kind of dropped with like pretty minimal fanfare so um, yeah, very little fanfare when it happened. Yeah, like. so I think I think May was the first one we got. I uh, got some highly anticipated releases, and um, one of those uh, came from uh, none other than Kanye West himself, who back a couple months ago on his Twitter uh, decided he was going to announce four albums: uh, one solo album, one Pusha T album produced by Kanye West, uh, an album with Kid Cudi known as Kid See Ghosts. Um, which is a Watch the Throne-esque duo of Kanye and Kid Cudi, and uh, a Nas album that he's producing. So May only contained one of those albums, but we're actually going to discuss that right now with Daytona by Pusha T, and we're going to play a section of the song Come Back Baby. I want to talk to all you addicts out there that's got yourself a great big Joan and you done tried all the methadone and you just can't leave that heroin alone I wonder have Don't you tried? just touch down, I'm so grateful Numbers so low, bitch be thankful They say don't let money change you That's how we know money ain't you Bitch, I been had, bitches been bad We buy big boats, bitch, I'm sin bad Downright sinful, bitch, we been full All my dope boys, we like kinfolk 
Okay, so that was a little snippet of Comeback Baby, which is my personal favorite song from this fantastic album. Um, I've always been a huge fan of Pusha T. Well, not always. I've been a big fan of Pusha T since I listened to um, My Name Is My Name back in 2013 and then worked backwards through his discography as Clips and obviously worked forwards into his current discography. And I have to say, I feel like Daytona is like, since clips the first full realization we get of of uh of pusha t's potential if you will i think that this album was really tightly produced by kanye he did a great job um you get the samples you just heard in comeback baby santeria's got some fantastic guitar sampling um what would meek do kanye actually turns in a decent verse but the real highlight of this album aside from the production is is pusha t's just like effortlessly perfect rapping he's so on beat he's so on key and he never says anything that doesn't directly deal with selling coke or buying expensive things that he was able to buy because he sells coke but it doesn't matter because he has made the same song forty-five thousand times and he makes it differently every time and it's all perfect i love pusha t so much uh well i would say that i could kind of have the opposite opinion not that i don't like this album but i before this album have never listened to pusher t actually like ever um so i kind of this is my first this is my introduction to pusher t so um in the first listener two i'd say that was definitely uh didn't stand out at all and i will say that before before recording this today i listened through another time and it's definitely growing on me now um i still don't think well, it's not like we're talking about the other Kanye projects, and but <laughs> it's uh, it it grew on me a lot, and I actually do enjoy it now. Um, I my favorite part, or not, I don't know what my favorite part is, but it's actually a very good album. And I just I well, the, my only problem was Pusha T. For some reason, I just don't like his voice too much, and there's there's nothing against him. It's just his voice. There's just something about it that maybe he is a great rapper. Maybe he. Like, and I agree with those, with everything that you said. I think, mm-hmm. obviously, you can describe this album a lot better than me knowing Pusha, but it's still the raspiness or something. And I know that's just kind of how his voice is. So I can't oh, you're not a, about you're that. You're not a but... fan of the yuck ad libbed. Yeah, oh, exactly. That's my exactly. favorite. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's so interesting to me. I think that he has one of the more like iconic voices in rapping to me, at least right now. Um, I I definitely recommend going back, and this this recommendation spans out to anyone who might be listening. Uh, definitely go back and check out "My Name Is My Name." There's some really really great songs on that. I definitely recommend the first two, "King Push" and "Numbers on the Boards," as well as "Suicide," which I think is the fifth track. Um, the only problem that "My Name Is My Name" really has is that it, it just kind of it suffers from bloat. It's like a pretty long album and it doesn't really need to be. There's a lot of songs that kind of take Pusha T a little too much out of his element where he's supposed to be like, kind of like a little softer and a little like sweeter, which like, it's not really his persona. He's just like a hard motherfucker who sells a bunch of cocaine and then brutally stabs Drake in broad daylight. But we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, will, I, will get, <laughs> I will say that the fact that it is only 20 minutes is probably a reason I can deal with that deal with it or like it at all because if it was like double that time there's no way i'd get through it totally and i I think that's actually something that's really important to take away from this album is like uh this and the other kanye projects which will be discussed in june um i really think that like this new wave of like 20 to like 25 minute albums 
It's really good. That's kind of the sweet spot for me. I I mean, I appreciate a long album as much as the next guy. To Pimp a Butterfly is my favorite Kendrick album at like 94 minutes. I think we have a pretty long one that we're about to talk about next. Oh, as definitely. Well. <laughs> but um, but I think that putting together a short album that's really tightly produced is always better than putting together a really long album that has filler. Like, there's no need. You know? I agree with that 100%. I mean, I know that like Anthony Fantano just did a whole little bit on that as well. But, um, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, so I think that is, I think you're right. That is a great segue into our next track or our next album, which is, uh, DJ Coz's, um, knock, knock, which clocks in at like a menacing 80 something minutes. It's pretty, pretty <laughs> long, but it, it manages to be good for pretty much all of it in my opinion. So we'll start off with the song bonfire. to this DJ Co's album pretty recently and I despite it being as long as it was and me generally having an aversion to long albums I was pretty enthralled for every second of it and especially through Bonfire I love that weird like bass warp thing that he pulls off and that's that's pretty sweet I thought that was pretty cool what did you think about this album Alec yeah I mean I've been pretty hype on this since the day that it came out um because actually, I don't. I, before this came out, I never listened to any of his older stuff, and I have now. And oh, you yeah, I was gonna say if you hadn't already, <laughs> you definitely should. He's fantastic. Yeah, but I mean, I really enjoyed the whole album as, as well. Even though I mean, I would say that there's maybe a song or two that I could definitely do without, but I, but fair. they're still not but they're still not bad songs. It's not like they're yeah, like he's, there's no they're not filler. I mean, they do have a purpose, and like even if I don't love them. Um, they're not filler so that that is an and i think it's just really cool what um just through the album he kind of uh just explores a lot of different i mean sounds and styles of music just incorporating so many different influences and so many features as well just from i mean it seems like every other song about has uh, a feature or two on it yeah that's one thing i was really impressed with was his way to blend a lot of these genres and really let the features shine without like taking away from the album there's a lot of especially in electronic music i find this to be one of the the biggest downfalls in a lot of modern electronic uh they're very feature heavy and feature reliant mm -hmm. uh, to the point where it feels like a, a great example would be the the recent gorillas album humans from last year where every song pretty much had a feature and because of that none of it really felt like it fit together they let the features take over too much and like lose some of their identity but the other way to go on it is if you have a feature and you don't properly utilize them then they basically are just like a voice in your song without like bringing any of what they have to bring to the table and i think he did a really good job balancing that um and it, the album he managed to change it up enough on pretty much every song that it kept it fresh and interesting for its uh it's pretty intense runtime, and I was very impressed by that. It's it's pretty hard to make an an eighty minute album of any genre, and it's almost impossible to make an engaging eighty minute album of like in electronic, because 
I get I get pretty bored in most electronic songs that last longer than say like four minutes, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I think that one one of the reasons maybe, um, or the whole album, while it is an album, obviously, mm-hmm. almost plays like a like a very simple heavy DJ set with yeah, features and things. But totally, like, and it, it every song goes. Tapey. Yeah, it's really kind of like you could see it as being a. You can interpret it as a mix as well, in my, I would say. Um, yeah. And I think that also it's just like, it exudes like uh, happiness and like just summary. It's just a very summary like feeling. You're just driving around and all the tracks are pretty happy is what I feel like. Yeah, it's really nice and it's got a lot of like nice positive vibes in it, which I think is really cool. There's a lot of music these days and I'm not going to talk trash on it because I love dark music but there's a lot of music these days that's like so heavy and so like melancholic it's kind of nice to get something like that's really well produced and really it's good just and that's just e- yeah just... that's just easy to listen to it's there's not a lot of that right now and i feel like we're kind of we're kind of in a dearth of it, especially because so many artists right now are being influenced by politics of the current era which are you know rough so <laughs> mm-hmm. i think uh it's nice to get an album that can kind of take your mind off things definitely so, but moving into albums that don't take your mind off things that are, are, is a, is a bit dour, um, is the latest Beach House album, Seven. We're going to play you in with, uh, one of their singles, Black Car. So I thought that this, and I, I've seen my my sentiments echoed by um, by many many people online that this might not only be the best Beach House album in years, but it might be the best Beach House album. Period. And uh, I think it's it's a great shift for them. I know one of the major complaints about Beach House has always been that Beach House albums are good, but they always sound just like the last Beach House album with like a couple new production tricks. This one I felt like they did a really good job of staying true to their their signature like dream pop sound while incorporating a lot of like more menacing synth elements um, while never making it feel like oppressive. They I think they did a, an expert balancing act on this album and I think that it's going to go down as one of the great albums of this year and possibly of this decade. It's it's really impressive. Those are those are some high praises. I mean ouch sorry <laughs> um uh yeah but i think everything you said i agree with completely i think that they i really also liked how they like shoegaze has always been in the back or in the yeah in the background of their music but in this album mm-hmm. i think that they really pushed it more to the front and yeah, um definitely. and that's and that's one of the biggest ways that i think there's the sound on this album was um more developed and not all the same like you said all the other albums kind of just blend together um and I mean, I still find myself being a little bit let down because everybody, because I see everybody loving it so much, and it's not that I dislike any part of it, but I still, after I listen to it, I'm not like I need to go listen to that again. I really loved it. Yeah. And I wish that's how it was. I really do because I know that. Yeah, I mean, I love some of the songs. I everything about it is good, but 
it still doesn't pull me back. So that's my one complaint that I would say. That's fair. But I, I think that like this album, and I know that every album should be able to be viewed as a standalone piece. That's part of like what being an album is. Uh, but I think this album really works well in the context of Beach House's discography and seeing how much they managed to change it up for this. Um, so I think it's, but yeah, I, I'd agree with you that it's really good. I, I need to go back and listen to it some more. I've only really listened to it like two to three times, but I, I'd love to get a better sense of it. Um, yeah. And see how much it keeps pulling me back because I think sometimes for me, like the cutoff point for an album is after I've listened to it around like four to five times. Mm -hmm. Like if I listen to an album five times, I'm either going to listen to it again a lot or I'm never going to listen to it again. So I'm yeah. interested to see where I get to at that point and see if like there's stuff that calls me back. Cause obviously I love the singles. I think they're all pretty great, but I think the singles are some of the definitely better songs. Oh, totally. Black car oh, specifically exactly. for me. I mean, and I really enjoy lemon glow. Lemon glow is uh, also great. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So I guess we could move on to the next one, which is going to be John Hopkins. Yeah. Singularity. So we're going to play a little bit of the song Emerald Rush for you guys. start off with his thoughts on this album but i've definitely got i've got some comparisons that i'd like to draw um once you go through some of your some of the things you thought about it sure sure um so one one really interesting thing with uh with this album is that i read john hopkins actually said that it was ex inspired by his experiences with uh, meditation and trance states because i think that's something that he practices a lot he was at the david lynch's festival of disruptions which takes place in new york every year and there, there's like a, a heavy focus on uh meditation and stuff like that so i think that's a really interesting note to just come into this album with uh knowing that because i feel like from the very first song uh singularity it's just kind of a very quiet and then slowly the synths bubble in and then by the end of the song um there's so much happening and then it's kind of just ebbs and flows throughout the album it's just uh i mean the space on the cover it's kind of like you yeah i kind of just could see like you're in a like med <laughs> like meditating in space i don't i mean yeah, that doesn't totally. make much sense but no, like i, I definitely um, get it i think the i think the album art does a good job of like prepping you with kind of the sound palette of the album mm -hmm. if that's i think what yeah what i like yeah exactly and what i like so much is that or as i was mentioning is like the tracks they don't really begin but they just kind of flow into each other then they evolve then they uh then there's maybe some really glitchy things then it goes to something really atmospheric and then it reverses and then some crazy bass and that's like probably all the same song uh so i mean there's some really long songs but like but they're still really good songs i mean there's two songs on the album that are over 10 minutes but uh this one's 75 or no this album is 63 minutes total but um 
I'll let you speak on what you thought yeah, of it. Yeah, I think that one of the things you dropped, or uh, you mentioned like the sort of more glitchy elements, and I was going to say, listening to parts of this album, something finally clicked, and I was like, oh my god, it's like the same sounds that Clark uses. I don't know if you've listened to Clark in the past, mm -hmm. but yeah. it's like the same sounds, but he uses them in a different way. Clark uses them in a very abrasive, experimental way, whereas John yeah. Hopkins seems pretty content to use them as like accent pieces, at least in this album. Mm -hmm to a more like vibey trance like uh song but i think it's i think it's interesting because it, it's sort of if we're following the narrative of what he was saying about it being influenced by trance states then it's basically the whole song is kind of a trance and then there's these these flourishes to sort of uh bring different thoughts to you and put you in different mental spaces outside of just you know like peacefulness because obviously yeah. with meditation comes like self-introspection and self-reflection some of which can be pretty scary to people who have not done that before uh mm -hmm. because sometimes there's things people don't want to face themselves as so that's kind of what i interpret those like those harsher moments of there's sort of like you know looking in at yourself and maybe seeing some things you have to confront that you may not have wanted to but i think that's really I, I love the way he uses those sounds. I love those sounds. And I think it's really exciting for me to see them used in a way that's not so harsh and abrasive, despite the fact that I love harsh and abrasive music and I love the way Clark uses them. I just think it's a creative use. I haven't seen of it before. Yeah, it's definitely a very unique. And I mean, uh, people will always are probably compared to like uh, Immunity. I mean, that's the last song by him. But I think that, he was just, he wasn't going for the same thing. So, I mean, I, I don't know which, if I could say one is better, but I think that um, the vision on Singularity, like, that it is just kind of a, yeah, kind of like a close your eyes, just a journey, and it's, and he takes you there. Um, mm -hmm. I like that a lot. But yeah, I think, I think both that and sing, uh, Singularity and Immunity are both pretty, like, pretty much like the golden standard of of idm like yeah. john hopkins is pretty much like the god of that genre up there with like he's up there in the same like breath as like an audio tricks point never and uh um ah who's the other apex twin like you know they're yeah. all just like yeah. they're all masters of it and they're all so good at it but yeah. uh, i was really impressed with this album and i think it's it's great and anyone who has any uh any semblance of interest in electronic should listen to it. And even if you don't, you should still listen to it because it's, it's really that good. Um, so next up, we're going to play part of The Long Sleep by Jenny Haval. At least I think that's how you say it. Um, yeah, so... tempted to call it the long sleep just like the long ass song because like good god it really is long uh it's like yes. 10 minutes uh and it's weird and kind of 
creepy and spooky, but I mean, I guess anyone who's listened to, like, Jenny Haval before probably is pretty familiar with the weird, creepy spookiness of her her material. Um, but it is, I, I do think it was a bold move to put a 10-minute song on, a, on an EP that's, you know, almost half of it is that single song. But... Yeah, I mean, and, and you mentioned uh, Jenny Haval being creepy. So, and in my introduction to Jenny Haval was uh, actually this December in Houston for Day for Night. I'd never listened to her before. I'd always meant to listen to her. Uh, and I stumbled into the main room about four or five o'clock. It was pretty early on the first day. And Jenny Haval was up on stage basically crying. Um, so I kind of was drawn in by that. Um, walked in and then, yeah, so... I. And after, ever since that, I've just loved Jenny Haval. Uh, so, I mean, I didn't realize this was even coming. I hadn't heard about anything um, before this happened. But then the night that it the night, the night that it dropped, I listened to that first song and immediately went and bought the limited edition vinyl because. Yeah. I, uh, interestingly uh, enough, had, um, had access to this album for a very long time. I've been able to listen to it for since, like, mid-April. Wow. <coughs> Um, and I liked it. I thought it was really good. Um, I was always telling some people, I was like, oh, you're going to be really stoked when the new Jenny Haval comes out. Um, I do have to say, since I've had access to it for so long, I haven't really revisited it, uh, to the degree that I'd like to, but I thought she did a good job of making this album, while it's still weird, and obviously the 10 minute song is anything but accessible, um, the, the album itself is actually maybe a little more approachable than some of her previous efforts, like Blood Bitch and all those. Um, I would say for sure it's the most accessible. I mean, because the first spells and the, the first two songs are, I mean, they're not normal, but they're definitely very accessible. I mean, the third one is very ambient yeah, and long for Jenny and whatever. <laughs> normal for Jenny Haval, but I mean, yeah, compared to anything else I could think on any other album, uh, I think Spells is just a really, really awesome song. I really loved how she she uh, enlisted a number of jazz musicians to to play with her on this album, which I mean, she doesn't really have too much on other albums. Like it was like all these jazz, like uh, saxophonists, the pianist, it's every and everything comes together so nice, and it's just a lot happier uh, than a normal Jenny Haval album, which can feel pretty aggressive or. It, maybe not aggressive but creepy and and the at least at least the spells is not creepy at all i mean it's very a joyful mm. song um so i like to see jenny haval doing that because i never have seen it before so um yeah and i was really stoked to see yeah. her like beginning to branch out into some genres and some sort of like um sonic sonic fields that i hadn't seen her play in before so i thought that was cool to like learn that she can pull off such an emotional range as opposed to just being like creepy and sad all the time though nothing wrong with creepy and sad music no. <laughs> um so moving very drastically away from that we're actually going to jump into our singles and uh we're going to move from the creepy sad times of Jenny but Ball. but oh, I, yeah. I must make one more comment is totally. uh on the very last song just a, a one minute called i want to tell you something <laughs> she, she ends with saying i want to tell you something thank you i love you and that's the very end of the album and i think uh it's a pretty cool thing to to have there at the end of the album because it's like if you've probably sat through the whole thing and then she just and she kind of and it, she's a lot of her vocals are obviously like whispery and she's kind of like I mean there's she sings as well but I mean in that instance she kind of is just whispering uh thank you I love you and it's just a really interesting song but 
yeah, yes, the singles. Kind of a nice personal touch to it. But yes, going at the singles, uh, we're going to move into a very, very upbeat song called Bubble In by Anderson Pot, who I had the good fortune of seeing not too long ago. Um, Don't I look like a million? I'm about to clean out the safe. Don't I look like somebody that just be bodying everything? All they talking is great, but I don't be talking. I air it out. All the problems have gotten easy to bury. I'd rather drown him in Hendrix. I'd rather kiss on my Mary. I've been broke away longer than I've been rich. So until it levels out, I'ma take your mama to the Marriott and wear it out. Took me so long to get it, gonna spread it out. Let them know all about me when I'm dead and gone. One in the hand, one in the hand. One in the hand, one in the bag, bubba. Look at the cash, look at the cash, bubba. Look at the cash, bubba. One in the hand, one in the hand, one in the hand, one in the bag, bubba. So Anderson Pock for a while has been like very much the guy to watch in like R and B, but I think he does an interesting shift in this song where he still manages to do some singing, but he really, really amps up like the rap angle of his persona and his music making and shockingly or unshockingly rather because why can't he be good at everything he's really really good at rapping like stupidly good at rapping it's ridiculous uh the production on this song is insane it's got like flight the bumblebees ass like fucking strings it's just oh my god i'm so stoked for i'm so stoked for um oxnard ventura and that's not just because he's from the 805 and so am i uh, it's because this album is going to be amazing. <laughs> Does he have an album confirmed? Yeah, I think I think it's called Oxnard slash Ventura, or something like that. Oh, well, yeah. that's awesome. I hadn't even heard of that because yeah, this this song is just great. I mean, um, obviously, uh, he's done more rapping under his or No Worries or in NX, however you. But under Anderson Pack, under the Anderson Anderson Pack moniker, I mean, everything's just yeah, it's R and B. It's just nothing like this it seems like he really has been listening or obviously he's been listening to the the hip-hop coming out but really taking that into account and incorporating that into his sounds i mean there's like some just really heavy trap beats i mean and that seems to be hip-hop in general recently just having these huge huge bass hits but um (laughs) and i have no problem with it i yeah no keep it coming but it's an it's a great song and yeah if the whole album's like this i mean it's gonna be really good <laughs> yeah i mean this song is just just nuts it's just crazy and i mean i've always actually kind of viewed him as like what it would sound like if kendrick lamar decided he wanted to sing more than he wanted to do rap but then i guess anderson Pox decided he wants to do rap too so i guess we'll see how that all shakes out but i think i think there's there's a lot of room for anderson Pox in the current hip-hop landscape there was this thing happening in like 2016 that i'm sure we all remember with like uh the song Broccoli and like Amine and Kyle and all those rappers who were like just making like bubbly, upbeat, fun music. But I don't think any of them were doing it with quite the level of expertise that we're seeing Anderson yeah, no. Pac do it here. And I think that if this is the next wave of like bubbly, happy, upbeat music in hip hop, I'm super on board. And even if it's just like a flash in a pan from Anderson, um, I'm super cool with that too. I think he's going to do an incredible job and uh like he always has it's just going to be an awesome record and this is already an awesome song so i'm pleased (laughs) so next up we're going to move to one of my favorite um uh electronic bands with um disclosure's latest single 
ultimatum. this is a really cool return for disclosure their last album caracal was kind of panned by a lot of people i personally think it was a little unfairly panned uh because their first album settle was just so good that i think people just wanted settle again and then when they didn't get settle again they were like pretty bummed i will admit that settle is better but um i think this is a good like middle ground for them uh it's it's kind of got like a like a nothing drop but it's it's still fun it like it builds up like it's gonna hit you with something and then because disclosure has always been really good at the bait and switch they just sort of pull the rug out from under you and then leave you with this nice like sort of groovy funk beat that's kind of fun and uh it's got this weird uh sort of mix of like afro pop uh which is kind of cool um they've always made some really interesting music and uh i don't know if this single is for an album i do believe there was some rumors or at least something was announced but even if it's not i'm still pretty stoked on this song uh i love disclosure and it's always good to have them making music yeah i think that's a really cool because uh this is just a totally different vibe than the than anything off caracal that i remember i mean i i haven't listened to the album in a year or two but Using, yeah, like like you mentioned with the African influences, and I mean, you can see that in the cover art, um, and then the feature by, I can't say her name, but I really like that. It's similar kind of like to DJ Koze using, uh, or yeah, like that soul, that funk, that kind of noise, and, mm-hmm. or that kind I of think, sound, which is... I think the featured artist, I think it would be Fatou Mata Diawara, or something like that. Yes. <laughs> but uh, I, think that you ba- I think that you basically said anything I would have to say, but it's definitely a... a an interesting return because I they haven't had anything for a while now. So, um, yeah. So the next, it's just really exciting oh, to sorry. see them back. Um, so next, I I sort of teased this earlier, but we're gonna go in and discuss Pusha T's uh, Drake diss track called "The Story of Adidon," which uh, more or less amounts to, as I said earlier, um, Drake or uh, Pusha T walking up to drake in broad daylight and then stabbing him in the neck with cameras on like oh man it gets bad uh i'm gonna just keep talking while i get to the point in the song that i wanted to start at and my computer loads because it's a piece of garbage that i need a new one so hey everyone how's it going oh it's good did you guys witness the murder of drake oh yeah it was really cool oh yeah i love watching people get murdered in broad daylight He's still gonna sell a bunch of albums though, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Dennis Graham, stay off the gram, bitch. I'm on one. You mentioned wedding ring like it's a bad thing. Your father walked away at five, hell of a dad thing. Marriage is something that Sandy never had, Drake. How you a winner, but she keep coming in last place. Monkey suit, Dennis, you parade him. A Steve Harvey suit, nigga made him. 
confused, always felt you weren't black enough. Afraid to grow it, cause your fro wouldn't nap enough. Since you name dropped my fiance, let them know who you chose as your Beyonce. Sophie knows better as your baby mother. Cleaned her up for IG, but the stench is on her. A baby's involved, it's deeper than rap. We talking character, let me keep with the facts. You are hiding a child, let that boy come home. Deadbeat motherfucker playing Border Patrol. That track, that that track is just, it's just mean. Like, Pusha T is just a mean person, which is really funny because in, in Duppy Freestyle, which probably would have been featured if this song didn't get dropped, but now Duppy Freestyle just sounds like a joke. Um, he calls Pusha T, uh, uh, he says there's no malice in his heart, obviously a reference to his brother who was in clips with him. Um, but he says, yeah, there's no malice in your heart. You're an approachable guy. And the... Uh, Pusha T proved that he's very much not an approachable guy and that he is willing to, again, stab you in the neck in broad daylight with cameras on. So, but yeah, this song is rough. It's, I mean, it's, your father walked out at five, hell of a dad thing. You were hiding a child. And uh, my personal favorite, which is deadbeat motherfucker playing Border Patrol. That's that's just raw. That's just brutal. <laughs> and like, oh my God, you it's just, you turn on this track and you just listen to Drake get slapped around for like, like two and a half minutes and it's just mean and it's awesome and it's set over that great beat from story of oj off jay-z's 444 from last year oh this is everything i could have wanted in a modern day diss track and it's directed at drake which makes it even better i like drake but like i've just been waiting for this dude to get slapped in a beef because he had too too easy of a time with the meek mill one and there's so much drake material out there that i mean the fact that he's been walking around with, you know, no dirt on his shoes for this long is a travesty. So I'm glad. I'm glad we finally got some some jabs being thrown. Also, fuck Jay Prince. There's no way Drake had a better diss than this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't remember the last time. Like, I mean, diss tracks are, are diss tracks, but this is actually just like just a great a great song as well as just like, yeah, like you said, he's just every line he's going. Make well, saying, I mean, again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't even, I, I don't want to say the wrong thing because I don't exactly remember. But basically, with, oh, I mean, the cover itself is Drake in blackface, and which then is he rough doesn't, he, yeah, which is rough. And then he calls him out for having a kid. Obviously, that's so. That I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, it's a big song, <laughs> lots of, yeah. And I, it's, it's pretty funny, and not that you would really, ex Drake never responded to this, right? No, because he's, he basically, uh was told by his friends to take the L and walk away. And then Jay Prince yeah. went on Instagram or went on a radio show or something. I don't remember. But he basically said something to the effect of like, oh, Drake had a diss track that was so raw and brutal. It would have ruined Pusha T's life and career. But I told him not to put it out. And it's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. There's no not. way. Drake can't, <laughs> Drake's ghostwriters couldn't come up with shit harder than this. This is like, this is a really great track. Like, like you said, it's a great track on its own even without the the element of being a diss track obviously being a diss track puts it over the top but like diss tracks haven't been this this good since at least like that like era of eminem when he was just like taking shots at everyone and then before that they haven't been this good since like the jay-z nas beef so like i'm i'm, I'm always down for good rap beefs because they put out great music and they lead to funny storylines but like oh man I'm worried this isn't even going to really be a beef because it was basically just, like, just Drake, like, jumping off of a building. Like, 
Is there's no way he can come, but he's just got to hold that L. You got to hold it. <laughs> you got to hold it. You got to wear it around your neck. It's a rough L, but you got to take it. So, yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know how much more we can say about that song. We could probably have a whole podcast dedicated to this, but we're going to move forward with with another hip-hop song. As we were talking about earlier uh, with Dublin, uh, with the, uh, the trend right now seems to be just like brutally, brutally hard bass. And... Uh, this song basically is like, oh, oh, you like hard bass? Oh, we're going to take that to, like, fucking 12. So, uh, enjoy Perks by Denzel Curry. With these dumbass niggas, and they don't say shit. Sound like, dur, dur, dur. you like, oh, that's lit. With your poof ass hits, I'ma fuck your bitch. I just pop two zans, nigga, fuck that shit. On tree, I did not fuck with the perks. I barely fuck with the earth on me. Industry niggas the worst, acting like they from the dirt on me. I do not fuck with the perks. I barely fuck with the earth on tree. All of the niggas I perf try to put me in a hearse on tree. I do not fuck with the perks. I barely fuck with the earth on me. Industry niggas the worst, acting like they from the dirt on me. I do not fuck with the perks. I barely fuck with the earth on tree. All of the niggas I perf try to put me in a. Maybe I should go to jail to get my. So I, I fucked up the end of that a little bit. So sorry guys, but. Like, whoo, whoo, I love this track. I, um, I've been on some Florida rappers for a minute now. Obviously, we've got some, some bad apples like Extentacion or however the fuck you're supposed to say that name. Um, but, uh, Denzel Curry's always been a, a shining light in the, um, the realm of, of Florida trap music. And good lord, he goes hard on this song. This beat is, is unimpeachable. It's it's just basically like someone throwing a chair at your head, like for five continuous minutes. Um, the lyrics are great. He takes some pot shots at rappers like Lil Xan and uh, all the rappers that are out here talking about you know perks and zannies and all the all the downers and opioids. Uh, with with the uh, I don't fuck with the perks. I barely fuck with the earth um, line. And then obviously there's there's the line that we started on where he's basically like all the rappers are basically making songs that sound like her der der and then all the fans are like, Oh, that's lit. Uh so he's he's out here taking names and uh if I was one of those rappers that he's calling out, I don't know that I'd want to come after him because this song is like scary. This song sounds like it's assaulting me with like brass knuckles and I love it so much. It's so good. What yeah, I'd never, I'd yeah. never even really looked into at the lyrics, maybe as closely as you did, because I didn't even realize that he was kind of that this was also kind of a diss track. I mean, it's not not in the same way, but that's pretty. I mean, yeah, the beat, it's just crazy. Uh, <laughs> it's just a crazy song, and I mean, he, uh, if yeah, if, and same as we've said before, but if he could come out with a, a whole album like this, then, uh, well. It'd be a good it's already a good year for hip-hop but it, it, it may continue it seems yeah totally and i mean denzel's already got some like i i'd call them underground classics under his belt i mean like uh ultimate obviously everyone knows that song because it became yeah. kind of a meme but it's still a good song um, Oh yeah and then his like nostalgic 64 his first record is like so good um and that but this is by far the hardest song he's released like it puts yeah. ultimate and naughty head to shame. Like the, and those songs, exactly. Go. Those are hype songs. Yeah, yeah those songs yeah. go. But like, I mean, man, this thing is nuts. Like, I remember first hearing this song because it came out the same night as like Pusha T's Daytona and ASAP Rocking is uh, testing, which I was disappointed in, but whatever. Um, 
but oh my god, this uh, it still might have been my favorite thing to drop that night on such a packed on such a packed day. And I mean, I, I'm hope I I know that this is part of a rollout for an album or an EP or something that he's working on. Um, but I'm real stoked for it now. If this is the rollout, the other song that he put out is called Sumo, which is basically the main the main joke of the song is like uh, my pocket's fat sumo. Uh, but it's it's a pretty great song too. It doesn't go quite as hard as this, but it's still it bangs. And uh, if this whole album is just gonna be hype, I don't expect any of the other songs on the album to get quite as intense as Perks. But like, if any of the songs are even like half as intense as Perks, like this is gonna be a a, a, a lit album. It's gonna be good. I'm very <laughs> stoked on it. Denzel Curry out here repping Florida. Yeah. So it's just an incredible song. <laughs> no, it just goes. It just goes. And speaking of songs that are pretty incredible, um, this one more or less demands that you see the video. But you know, I'm sure everyone's heard it by now because it was like pretty much the story of the year when it dropped. But we're gonna move into uh, Childish Gambino's "This Is America." And if you give like seven seconds, I'll start actually playing a song for you. Here you go. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping up. This is America. Don't got you slipping up. Look how I'm living up. Police be tripping up. Yeah, this is America. So, obviously, there's a lot of fanfare when the song dropped. Uh, it's kind of a, a surprise release with an accompanying video, which is a fantastic video that has a lot going on. If you haven't seen it, what the fuck are you doing? Go watch it. Um, but. Like, I, I really like the song, actually. It, it, it went a couple directions I wasn't expecting. I think it's cool that he's trying out, like, a more trap style, but in, like, a more reserved way. I think Childish Gambino has grown a ton as a musician, and obviously Donald Glover, the actual name of the person, has grown a ton as an artist with stuff like Atlanta and being the standout person in the movie Solo. Um, but I, I think that this is this might be his best song that he's released. Um I think he's uh he's about to drop something pretty awesome on us and uh i like the way that this song transitions between like gospel and like folk music really quickly into like just like a, a nice trap beat i think it's cool that he includes ad-libs from people like kodak black and young thug uh and 21 savage like i think that's i think that's cool uh and it shows it shows a rapper that i think is really it, it's important for him to be doing that because as a rapper, Childish Gambino has always had a lot of fans that are very much the type of the type of people that, you know, they listen to Eminem and they listen to Tech Nine, they listen to all these rappers that are like more underground but very much about technique and things. Um, and the people that listen to those rappers generally will have a lot of hate towards modern rap and trap and all that stuff. So I think it's cool to see a rapper that has that sort of fan base um, embracing uh those styles of music that these people don't really like of course those fans immediately took to say that he's making fun of that music which i don't think he is i think he's wholeheartedly embracing it um but yeah this is a good song and uh this is america lol jokes <laughs> i got him 
yeah, I would a hundred percent agree that this is probably his best song that he has ever made, and and I also know that he's been the next album that he is dropping. He's, I mean, he's claiming it'll be his last, so he's really gonna, yeah, lay something down on us, I guess. Or, and I, or I mean, at least I, his I believe last that. Last childish Gambino. Yeah, last is childish Gambino. But I mean, uh, obviously, this is just a standalone single, but but yeah, just to see him, uh, <laughs> I feel like I've just repeated myself multiple times, but I mean. Seeing the artist bring in this, well, that big, that huge bass that's present on this song, uh, the, the trap influences, which aren't really like, I mean, well, his last album, Awaken My Love, obviously, is a totally different thing. But And before that, I mean, there, there he's never, he's much, this is much, much more mature than anything on uh, Kawhi or Because of the Internet yeah, or anything I like think... that. And that's, I mean, before I didn't care for him because, yeah, I mean, those were pretty immature and, and whatever i mean awaken my love was obviously a respectable project but yeah. then this but it's totally whole, different it's like not even totally different on. yeah exactly um i think yeah i think this is this is a great example of like the maturity and artistic growth he's shown over his musical career um it, it definitely like sheds a lot of the like less fleshed out thoughts that were on stuff like this is our uh not duh uh, like because the internet and even camp, which I, I think like camp had moments of showing promise. Uh, like clearly it showed off that he was a talented rapper who could like work on a technical perspective, but it never really showed like a whole lot of artistic potential. It was pretty like all over the place and kind of haphazard. And yeah. Even, and there's, there were some very basic lyrics. I yeah, mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, the heart, that heart album, that heart song was heartbeat. Yeah. That, that was a rough song. Uh, yeah. I know people liked it, but going back, it's like, ooh, this is really, like, the epitome of everything that was bad about, like, 2010s, like, hip-hop. Um, but, yeah. yeah, I think because the internet showed a lot of promise, but it just never, like, got fully realized as a project. And I think I think this, this song is fully realized for sure, mm -hmm. and I'm interested to see if he can put out a hip-hop project that is as fully realized as this song. Um, given his artistic output over the past two years, I'm banking on yes, and I'm very excited for this record. But, yeah, I think this is a great step forward for him. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of steps forward, um, or at least a step forward after a step backwards, uh, we're going to listen to Humility by the Gorillas Or Gorillas, I guess it's just Gorillas. thing that i think is great about this song is that it like actually sounds like a goddamn gorilla song oh my god like humans had moments that were nice ha huh, moments that was one of the songs i actually liked album. but like this song sounds so good it's like it's funky it's groovy it's got little hints of like stuff you heard on plastic beach but it, it sounds like this album and based off the press that they've given for this album, which will be called The Now Now, and is coming out in late June. It's kind of a surprise drop, actually. Um, the album rollout has been indicating that this is more of a Gorillaz album, whereas 
uh, humans was supposed to be like a gorilla's attending like an end of the world party. So there's lots of guests and lots of like very housey beats and like four on the floor rhythms. But this is very like very laid back, very gorillas, very much more in the in the realm of like gorillas and demon days and plastic beach. And it sounds like David Albarn or 2D, if we're going with the band members from the animated band are uh, going to be more heavily featured on this. It's going to be more like a them album with a couple features. Obviously George Benson is featured on this track, but the, the contributions are more minimal and more accenting kind of like what I was talking about with the DJ Coe's album. It sounds like they're going to utilize a more them sound while using the features, which they've always done a great job with up until humans as more accents. Um, and I think that that's always been one of the gorillas strong suits is, uh, Damon Albarn having having the artistic freedom to just sort of like get the sounds he wants and play around in a lot of different areas and get a lot of different like guest artists to play within his sandbox and uh, I'm pretty high on this track and the music video is pretty funny it's got Jack Black basically reprising his role as um, his character from Tenacious D and you know strumming on a guitar in Venice which is pretty fun yeah, I didn't even. I actually did not get a chance uh, to listen to this, but I maybe on purpose didn't listen to it because I really didn't like humans. And also, even there's there is there's no Gorillaz album that I really love. I mean, and that may be a hot take. I know people really do love Plastic Beach or Demon Days, but neither of those albums really does much for me. So I just was wasn't too curious. I mean, uh, I did just listen to a little section and. Yeah, it's just not that interesting to me. Uh, but it is better than humans. So. Yeah, and I think I think it'd still be worth you going and checking this song out. It, it's got a little bit of a groove that I know you've mentioned liking in the past. So anyone who likes like sort of more groovy, mellow stuff is is gonna find a lot to like in this track, and hopefully find a lot to like in their upcoming album. Uh, I know that's what I'm anticipating. I was I was pretty let down by humans. I've I've been a big Gorillaz fan, and. Uh, my brother is a huge Gorillaz fan. He counts Demon Days as probably his favorite album ever. Um, and while I don't necessarily regard them quite as highly, it's it's one of the better albums of that that era, in my opinion. So, and they've they've always had a good track record. So I'm I'm stoked to see if they can like sort of find their footing again on this. Even if it's just a pretty good album, I think I'd take that at this point. I was just like, I just don't have any desire to go back to Humans. It's so long and it's so hmm. like just like dun 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 and i'm like I, I need like something else uh so i think i think i'm pretty stoked on this one so i think that'll actually uh unless you have anything else to say about this track that'll wrap us up for our our singles and songs for this month and we're going to move into to shout outs and and closing uh closing points yeah Cool. So uh, I'll start off with uh, actually I'll have I'll have you start off with your shout outs because I've been talking for a while about this track. So let's let's oh, get yeah. some vocal variety. Um, <laughs> well, I really really enjoyed an album that is in Spanish or in French. It's called Je Suis Un Il by Halo Mod. Um, came out on just on the twenty fifth, and it just I've always had like a I mean I took some French in high school, but not that I can understand the French, but I just think French in music uh just works really well together and so i've always had a soft pot spot for uh for french music and it's kind of it's art pop it's just kind of dark just it's really interesting and so i'll shout out to that album then uh the other album i would say is kamal williams 
with the return. Kamal Williams was one member of Youssef Kamal, along with Youssef Dyes. And uh, after their 2016 album, Black Focus, which is one of my, it's just an incredible album. Uh, <laughs> so this album takes a lot of influence from that. It's, it is missing in the percussion department because that's where Youssef came in, but still a great album. And then the final shout out is I just want to say, uh, well, another French singing <laughs> artist. It, it, it's spelled like a name. and but when uh, I just got to see her a week or two ago, Real quick, you cut the rest for of... a second there, so I just wanted to reiterate to anyone listening that I think you were going to say it sounds, it's spelled like anemone, anemone, God, I'm yes, fucking exactly, but, but then but yeah, just uh, I just got a chance to see them last week, and they actually played a house show, I mean, not that they're huge yet, but I mean, the rest of their tour, I talked to her after, is they're selling out, like, clubs and stuff, so there was, like, 30 people in a backyard in Columbus, weather was perfect, Yo, that's so she, was, cool. she was beautiful, um and perfect in her accent and everything but instead of anemone she said we are anonome so i don't i mean that, that was but shout out to her she's an awesome person great album um check check her out if you haven't i don't think that we covered her when it happened but now that's really been i continue going back to that album it's pretty short but it's a good album oh, i'm interested and definitely will want to check that out yeah uh, sounds cool it's always nice to get to see like a band in a really intimate space yeah it was just so cool i mean we they ended the there's a song on the album called party theme and they basically ended their set with that and they handed out percussion instruments to to people people were just dancing on stage just everybody's just just having a great time after the show um i forget her what her name is but she was just came out and just gave everybody hugs and just hung out and it was really something special because i mean i'm just sure in a couple years that they're gonna be playing festivals, etc., and it was a really cool experience. But nice. so for my shout-outs, I've got um, there's this album by John Kada, though I think the album artist might just be it might just be Kada, K-A-A-D-A, uh, called yeah. Closing Statements, and it's like this awesome neoclassical album. It's kind of similar to something you would hear off of maybe like. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Nils Fram or something. It's it's yeah. really cool. It's really intimate, and it, it's the album. He gave an interview recently about the album, uh, for for a, a website called Mixdown, um, and the um, he talks about how the album's kind of about death. It was inspired by like hearing someone's last words, but the whole album has this very like urban setting to it, and that's not to say like oh it sounds like you know like urban in what people usually mean with like urban contemporary but urban is in like it sounds like it's like in a dense city um the the atmosphere of the album is kind of like cold and uncaring uh and it, it's just a really cool album and it, it's got a great like narrative power behind it that a lot of instrumental albums typically lack uh so i highly recommend checking this out it's great also background listening because it it is mostly piano driven uh and there's a couple strings here and there so that's it's a really nice pleasant album and then another shout out i'd also like to give a shout out to a live show i saw i saw godspeed you black emperor and oh my god if you ever get a chance to see them see them like they they put up this big video screen they just like play sort of like looping video that fits with the narrative of the song usually it's like images of protests um they've always been a very like deeply political band um but like watching them play is an absolute treat. They um there was eight people on stage, 
uh, one cellist, one uh, one vi- violin or viola player. I have a hard time telling them apart. Um, two guitar, uh, two guitarists at least, a bass guitarist, two drummers, and then one other person who sort of would jump around between other instruments like a guitar or another cello. The person who played the cello played a stand-up bass at one point. It's absolutely incredible. The music, if you've heard it before, you obviously know how like powerful and emotionally like complex the music is and how overwhelming it can be. And I assure you that it's like twice as crazy live, if not more. Uh, I usually don't like saying that, you know, if you haven't seen a band live, you haven't really gotten the full experience because that, that seems kind of elitist and cost prohibitive for a lot of people who can't afford to go to shows as often as I am fortunate enough to go to. But like you, if you love Godspeed to Black Emperor, you need to see them live. They're, they're a, a fantastic experience and actually one of the best concerts I've ever been to. Uh, and they, they hit at a perfect time because I was getting kind of, kind of washed out on seeing so many shows because I've, I've been to so many lately and written about so many that I was getting kind of tired of just standing in a corner and writing about shows. But I mean, I was, I was there to cover that show. I was there to write an article about it. And I just basically, I put my phone away and just like, just let the music wash over me. And then I, I worried about writing an article later. I didn't even care. It was that good. Um, definitely see them and then i'd like to give a non-music related shout out before i go uh the the greatest cereal of all time is back it's uh it's oreo o's fight me if you disagree it's fantastic i'm gonna go eat some after this because i'm very hungry i've never had those but i definitely have to dude it's it's like oreos are milk's favorite cookie so it makes sense and stands to reason that it would make a great cereal because it goes with milk and I fuck yeah, it definitely with it. definitely makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I guess in closing, I mean, May was just a great month for music. I saw a great concert, a couple of great concerts actually, and uh, just some awesome music was released. This is by far the best month of the year, um, at least until June, because who knows? We get a, a Kanye West album that we got to discuss. We got a, a Kid Cudi Kanye project we got to discuss. We got to discuss, you know. Father John Serpent Misty. With feet. Yeah, Serpent with Feet, which was fantastic. There's a lot of stuff, oh, there's yeah. so much good stuff. So <laughs> definitely keep your ears open for the uh, for the June cast and definitely pay close attention for both our articles that'll be online at nationalmusic.co. Um, for our reviews of those albums that we've been doing. I finished up writing a Kids See Ghosts review that got posted today, today being June tenth. Uh, this podcast might drop a little later than that, but I mean we're filling it up we got more reviews coming we're working on getting a stronger schedule we're gonna have posts every day for you guys and we're coming up with the um the best of the year so far which is going to be 50 albums that you got to check out uh and that's going to be every one of our writers and contributors is going to be adding to that list and um it's going to be a great comprehensive look at everything you should be checking out this year so definitely be checking us out there uh, Alec, where can you check us out on Instagram and Twitter? Uh, uh, on on Instagram, it's just at Natural Music, and then on Twitter, it's Natural Music Inc. And uh, we've been a lot more active on Twitter recently. So if you're also a Twitter person, definitely give us a follow on there. Yeah, so definitely be following us on social media and checking us out and keeping your ears peeled for our podcast. We got more content coming for you, and it's going to be great. It's going to be better, and it's going to be more full and well written. I really hope you enjoy this podcast i really hope you enjoy it and check out our reviews and articles and i hope more than anything that you walked away from this with something good to listen to yeah so 
Yeah. Uh, uh. It's all good. You keep talking. I'm going to look oh, for no, not closing out song. Uh, I think that you summed it all up pretty, pretty well. Sweet. So I think we're going to start sending you out uh, with a delightful song from 100 Waters uh, in an album that I thought was under-recognized last year. So we're going to send you off with Particle. Uh, I'm Drew. I'm Alec. And thanks for listening, guys. Uh, enjoy. <laughs>